HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Square. If you run a restaurant or business, Square has the tools to help you stay connected to customers, shift your business, and navigate this uniquely challenging time. Learn more at square.com slash go slash techbytes. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. At least that's what the stats were at the beginning of 2020. I'm not quite sure what the statistics are today, May 5th, 2020. Um, The world has changed a little bit and people's content and podcasting habits have changed a little bit and our desire to hear stories, connect, and be informed has never been higher than ever, which is exactly why Heritage Radio Network has been producing our usual lineup of shows remotely via Zencaster for the past um, seven or eight weeks. It's pretty amazing. Episode 200 on Tech Bytes in March was our first episode um, under quarantine and stay at home. And this episode also is being recorded by Zencaster. What we've decided to do on TechBytes is to take a look at companies um, in the food tech space that have made a pivot during the coronavirus pandemic to kind of tweak their services to address the needs that are happening today. And on this episode, I'm really happy to have um, Rachel Nemeth, who is a returning guest Her company, ESL Works, was the feature of a show back in November of 2019. It's episode 191, ESL Works, Language Tech for Restaurants. And the platform is really fascinating. Um, It it was using uh, text-based language learning lessons for restaurants and hospitality. Anybody who's worked in the hospitality business knows that uh, restaurant lingo is pretty specific and it doesn't always match up to traditional language lessons. And Rachel, having been a veteran of the hospitality world, was really filling a niche need and having the lessons communicated via text um, really made it easy and really made it accessible to so many people. And it was a really uh, fascinating idea and use of technology, something really vital and necessary to you know, people's personal success, uh, learning a language in a country that they live in, and a restaurant's success in terms of having all of their employees 
um, feel confident, feel included, and you know have the skills that they need to perform their tasks. So on the day to day, it was really a great, crucial uh, service that ESL Works was providing. And uh, a few weeks ago, they pivoted into providing training for COVID nineteen, which is just another critical and and fascinating look into how we can use really simple everyday technology to do something so critical. So Rachel, I'm I'm happy to have you back, albeit remotely on the show. Thanks. Excited to be here. So we are starting off as we always do, uh, just a little bit differently though, talking about our (laughs) favorite apps and our favorite pieces of technology. Has there been uh, something over the past seven or eight weeks that you have newly discovered or something that has been really helpful and useful to you on the day-to-day that maybe you weren't quite using as much before or that you didn't really have a need for or something that's revealed itself to be really utilitarian? Hmm. You know, I um, I still have my regular apps. Like I still play chess every morning, but now that I don't have a commute. Myself and my whole team obviously are working from home. Um, One thing that's been really critical has not been an app, but actually a a different piece of technology, which is uh, a speaker. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just like having a a morning routine around listening to music and kind of getting into my day has been a really important piece of what it means to work from home and to develop good habits. Um, It's not even a Bluetooth speaker, (laughs) just a speaker. (laughs) Uh, But you know, it's not the same as when you're working in New York and you're, you pop your headphones in and you're on the subway for 45 minutes. Um, so I kind of needed to recreate that a little bit in order to get into my headspace for the day. So, uh, so yeah. It's been you are successfully following um, one of the pieces of advice I, I had seen repeated over a lot of different, different articles and mm-hmm. Instagram posts and things like that, where um, take the different blocks of time that you had allotted in your day for different things and, either utilize them in a more productive way, i.e. turning your morning commute into your workout or, you know, quality time or reading time or exercise time um, and sort of maintain those blocks of time somehow so that you can have a a progression to your day and it just doesn't sort of dissolve into, you know, um, I guess Netflix and (laughs) Yeah. It's like a very, I think what I've noticed is that I need more um, sensory diversity. I don't even know if that's a term, but you know, different types of of, uh, sensory inputs. Yeah. Like I, I burn more incense and I like, I, this is absurd, but I like miss the smell of trash on the street. You know, like I just smell this and see the same things all the time. I need some changes. Um, So different sounds and different smells has been like a really important piece of keeping my brain running. That's really interesting. It's also a different, um, perhaps different periods of time that we can focus on different kinds of things. I haven't really Mm -hmm. had the focus to dig into a really long novel or anything like that. I'm, I'm really not even being very successful at reading short stories right now. I can read magazine articles and news articles and things like that. Um, I'm, really didn't have the focus to listen to podcasts really initially um, because I was just sort of like processing everything and working through different things. But now I'm back to my 
usual podcast uh, listening uh, list and also adding some audible books and, mm. and things like that. And also in, in some ways um, looking for, and perhaps different types of sensory inputs is correct. And in some instances, zero electronic sensory inputs and just, you know, walking outside without headphones, which I would almost never do mm-hmm. because you'd always be listening to something, doing something. Um, but now almost to unplug and have just like natural sound or natural light um, without, you know, the inputs of, of information to sort of just maybe rest the brain a little bit from processing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's important to be healthy. So that's one way to do it. Let's uh, go back a few steps and just talk to uh, talk to ESL Works, just sort of initially um, what it is so people can understand um, how ESL Works was the is the platform, you know, to springboard into StopCovid.co. And, um, you know, again, I know I said it at the top of the show, I was just fascinated by the, the, the simplicity of ESL Works you know, the, the best solutions are often, you know, sort of the simplest and the most elegant. And it really is the combination of, um, you know, sort of the best use of technology uh, mm. to a, a really critical, critical piece of, of learning and, and skill set that people need to have to, you know, function in life, as well as in their job. So tell us how you really started ESL Works? I mean, it seems so obvious now that you've started it, but at the time, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. So what we do at ESL Works is we are helping to build the connective tissue between business owners, managers, and frontline employees with um, training technology for frontline workers. So we do that with text-based training that's rapid, it's high impact, and it's focused on the topics that are critical to getting your job done well and helping you better communicate with your manager and achieve, you know, mobility in the workplace as a result. And so my whole background's in the food service industry, um, specifically in ops, and uh, and sort of very familiar with the problem of um, existing solutions not serving this type of worker, this frontline worker. A lot of the things that are out there are built by white collar workers for white collar workers, and then repurposed for service workers. Um, so we sort of started backwards. <laughs> we started by building something specifically for this workforce. And so what, what it does the, is it, yeah. What were the what were the big differences that you identified that just simply didn't work? Is it the technology when you say built for white collar workers? Did that <laughs> yeah. mean that most of the programs were expected that you would run on a computer or? Yeah, it's um, about accessibility. It's about technology that uh, doesn't work for folks who have housing issues, commuting issues, second jobs, childcare, um, even changing shifts, changing positions from day to day. And so we solved for that with uh, by delivering training using SMS text message and WhatsApp in order to really meet people where they are. And we started with uh, a module that focuses on uh, English for work or operational training that 
in parallel teaches people how to speak English on the job, all through the things that they already know how to use, which is um, you know those existing chat platforms already on their smartphones. And so easy, um, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So one of the, you know one of the things that came to light when we were talking um, before the show, I couched a lot of what you do, and then certainly when we go into COVID. 19 and you know the programs that you have running there what's the difference between simply communicating information to people and training people Mm. yeah this is this is so important right now there's just information overload right and you're getting information on multiple devices from multiple sources not to mention the additional barriers that you have to, to information when you don't speak English as your first language. So the difference between information and training is that information is inputs, right? And right. training is outputs. It's learning. It's evaluating. It's insights. It's accountability. It's it's more dynamic. So it ensures that you're not only getting that information, but you're retaining it and using it. So it's really the next step that then the employee, the person becomes engaged and then active. So it's really the difference between handing somebody an employee manual or a handbook or um, showing them a poster of, you know, steps to follow while you're at work kind of thing or things to do while you're at work instead of just handing them that information The training piece comes in where they have to onboard it, understand it, and then complete, you know, tasks or respond back to the text messages and do things so that then um, it shows that they've understood what they have to do and then start to practice doing the thing they're supposed to do. Just like you would if you were learning um, anything, learning how to, you know, learning how to cook, you know, watching a, a cooking video on, you know, how to make the perfect omelet, you would not just watch it, you would then have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. You see the hand-washing posters day in and day out across businesses, you know, around the world. But if you're not actually like executing those behaviors, and if you're not held accountable to them, then uh, it's not actually solving the problem. So it has to be a really dynamic experience. And we do that through a conversational user experience that includes not only the frontline employee in the process, of course, because they're doing the training, but it includes the manager in the process to ensure that they're engaging, um, you know, in unique ways during that process. So coming into 2020, give us a real quick snapshot of what ESL Works was doing and what your plans were for this year. Uh, so the plans have continued, right? Like we, we always had plans to continue to scale um, into and beyond the food service industry with chat-based training. Um, what has really accelerated over the past few months has been this, you know, moment we're all living in right now, which is the changing workforce and the definition of what um, you know, <laughs> engagement in the workplace means. So our plans had always been to continue to scale. And now it's just a matter of uh, 
kind of accelerating those plans quickly in order to serve as many businesses as we can with good, high impact training. So from one point of view, is at, at what point in time, walk us through a little bit the timeline of when mm. you created the, and, you know, I, I'm going to let you tell the story, but I'm wondering yeah. if, is this just a, as you said, you were going to scale into other industries. So you were doing food service and hospitality, and then you were yeah. going to go into, you know, maybe grocery or manufacturing mm-hmm. or, you know, other facilities that have um, you know, personalized service like that, you know, all the things along, almost along the chain of, of the restaurant industry in some respects. Mm-hmm. Is this just an extension of that with more specialized information modules and specialized lessons? Is it really, um, will you tell us if it's that different from what you were doing if, or if it just has an overlay of a greater sense of urgency? Um, it It's, you know, our core technology has not changed. We've, we've scaled it up and, um, you know, it's, it's a really sophisticated platform that we've built that it's kind of where the magic happens. Uh, you know, the front end is all what the, the, the user experience is really always on SMS and WhatsApp. Um, so that hasn't changed. Um, but you know, if you would have asked me in November of last year, what's the next module you're going to build beyond operations training and safety training, I could not have predicted that it would have been COVID safety, you know? Um, so that has certainly been unexpected. Um, but it was a no brainer for us to be able to offer, uh, COVID safety training to, the food service industry and beyond when the moment struck uh, the United States. And so, so when, yeah. when was that moment? When did you start talking internally at ESL works about creating these new information modules and these new lesson plans and how long, you know, what was the moment that you thought that you needed to start doing this and then walk us through the process and, where the information comes from, because that's a critical piece also that we yeah. all understand today, where you get your information and the validity in, of, of that information, the timeliness of that information is, is very critical because there's, you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, there's a lot of information out there and not all of it's helpful <laughs> no, and, accurate or good or safe. Yeah. And, and that's really, it's a, it's really scary. Right. And we don't, we're not experts in COVID safety. We, we source everything from the CDC and we develop the content in partnership with the industries that we're serving. So for us, what we do really well is we can ensure that your entire team will get this training. They will do it and they will execute it after they've completed it. So um, I, I distinctly remember the moment when um, it was the first week in March. It was when um, the virus hadn't really, well, hadn't visibly hit the United States yet. And I was like in a room, it was nine or 10 o'clock at night with my co-founder. And I just remember us sitting there thinking like, we have to do more. Like there's just, there's so much panic that's about to hit. So we knew that we could help our customers doing the thing that we do, we always do well, right? Like we, we knew that we didn't want to change our core offering because we're so proud of what we do. And we, 
like are proud of the relationships that we've built with our customers and with the the food service community. So we wanted to be able to serve them quickly. And we did that with hygiene drills. So text-based hygiene training delivered to all employees in a company. And that was the first week in March when we offered it to all of our customers. And we're just like, the response was amazing. It was, you know, at that moment where we really started to understand what was going inside businesses as the gear started turning and people were trying to figure out what was going to happen next. They knew that one way that they could help, um, you know, protect their employees was just reminding them of the basics and ensuring that they could maintain customer trust in a moment when nobody really knew what was going to happen. But then as we learned more about COVID uh, and the need for not food safety training and not personnel safety training, but COVID safety, um, it became clear about a week later, so this was mid-March at this point, that we needed to do something bigger and, you know, arguably a little bit scary. We didn't know what COVID safety meant at the time. Uh, and we needed to scale it quickly in order to extend beyond just food service. So I called an advisor and uh, asked for help. <laughs> uh, you know, we're a startup based in, in New York and uh, we're, uh, we've had plans to scale, but we needed to do it really quickly. And so um, he was really critical in helping us um, resource an emergency crew of engineers, designers, product managers, um, actually all alumni from Managed by Q uh, in less than 24 hours. So we basically tripled our engineering team in half a day in order to uh, build what is now stopcovid.co. And that was a a five-day sprint. So by March 20th, um, maybe a little earlier, we had launched uh, a, a platform that could deliver text-based coronavirus training for businesses with essential workers all across the country, businesses small and large up and down the supply chain. That's really amazing. And that was right when um, things were starting to close on the East Coast. Things had already closed in California. People were trying to, particularly restaurants were trying to pivot. Um, We were still sifting through who is essential, who is not essential. What does that mean? Um, And then also just the lag time, um, the lag time of people catching up to the news. You know, there are people who are glued to their phones and their computers who are watching the ticker tape of news minute to minute. But there are also groups of people and perhaps a percent, a, a larger percentage of them u- utilizing your platforms who are a day or two behind the news, or maybe yeah. we don't want to watch the news, or maybe we're so engrossed in the work that we're doing when we come up for air, you know, we're a, a few days behind the news cycle. And then it's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Yeah. Um, we are going to take a quick break right now to find out what's happening on the sponsorship front with Heritage Radio Network. Did you know we're a 501c3 nonprofit and we keep the lights on and the mics hot out of the generosity of our members, many of whom are listeners like you, grants and underwriters like this one. Stay with us. 
This episode is brought to you by Square. We all know that this is an incredibly challenging time for our friends running restaurants and small food businesses. With social distancing in place, people are staying home and eating in, and restaurants have had to pivot to pickup and delivery only. HRN would usually be recording our podcast from our studio inside Roberta's, but since they've had to close their dining room, they've ramped up their frozen pizza production, set up a wine and grocery shop, and seen their delivery orders skyrocket. Like Roberta's, many restaurants have been changing offerings day by day as they figure out how to best serve their customers. If you run a restaurant or small business, Square has the tools to help you adapt. One of these tools is the Square online store. It lets you set up a free online ordering page with curbside pickup and local delivery so you can keep customers safe. You can deliver orders yourself or integrate with delivery partners. Its order hub lets you manage all your incoming orders in one place, no matter which delivery partners you choose to use. Square has all the tools to help you stay connected to customers no matter where they are. See everything that's available by visiting square.com slash go slash techbytes. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And now in the spring of 2020, we are specifically looking at how food tech companies are helping the industry and helping people get informed, stay safe, stay in business, and keep going. Today, we have Rachel Nemeth uh, with us today. She's a returning guest. She is the co-founder and CEO of a company called ESL Works. You can find them online at eslworks.com and on social media at eslworks. The idea is very simple. You use texting on your phone and WhatsApp on your phone to learn the language of your job and to learn what types of skills and processes you need to be working in your job in restaurants, food service, hospitality. Such a simple idea and so critical. And uh, about two months ago, they added a new line of instruction and a new line of information, which is about COVID-19. If you want to check that out, the website is stopcovid.co. And there are 10 uh, free drills for any business owner or any person to take a look at um, in terms of getting some of the baseline and, and fundamental information. Rachel, tell us what's included in those in those eight modules and, um, you know, offering something to people for free, you know, is always great. And a time like this, it's, it's not just a, a nice thing to do, but it's um, it's a critical thing to do and might actually, you know, help businesses and, and help people stay safe. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, and so the, the, what a drill is, is a, a three minute interactive text experience on a single topic. Um, so um, that's sort of the core structure of how we train um, what we have done with Stop COVID is we've decided to offer the first eight COVID drills, which are the basics, right? Um, what is COVID? What is physical distancing? Um, how to wash your hands properly? When to wash your hands? Um, how to disinfect high-touch surfaces? How to disinfect your phone? And how to apply and remove a mask safely? Um, so those eight drills we decided to offer at no cost, just as a, honestly, as a public service to all businesses. 
because look, I mean, cost shouldn't be a barrier for the mom and pops that are fighting to keep the lights on and care just as deeply about their workforce as many of the large businesses we work with. So for us, it was is it was an easy answer to this problem to say, you know, everyone should get training immediately. So we were able to partner with our service providers, Twilio, Datadog, and um, be able to to do that really quickly. And and you know, so right now we're uh, able to serve hundreds of businesses across the country, representing tens of thousands of essential workers, and that's something we're going to continue to do. Um, you, you could even one million. <laughs> you could even make the argument that smaller businesses perhaps care more about their employees mm. in the sense that they are small enough that they actually see the people every day. Sometimes larger companies, while they have more resources, when you get into companies that have tens of hundreds of thousands of, you know, employees, oftentimes, um, you know, people in management and people who are running the show are making decisions based on numbers and spreadsheets and, uh, you know, shareholder returns and profitability and things like that. And sometimes the larger the entity is, you know, human, you know, human numbers are, are simply numbers in some instances. So, I mean, I do think that when you are on the front lines, if you are an essential worker and you're there on the day to day and, and you know all your employees or you see them, I think that has a significant difference in perhaps how people make decisions. Um, and it's really uh, an interesting inverse effect and something that I think that we've all known that, um, of course, it's the, you know, the smaller businesses um, that need the greatest support, but probably will have the least support in sort of a general, mm, yeah. in sort of a general sense. Um, so tell us what's happening now. Is ESL Works still? I mean, of course, it's a company. Of course, it's still functioning. But has everything sort of migrated over to stop COVID? I'm assuming that your pre-existing ESL Works uh, institutional customers just added in the COVID-19 drills and modules, and then that sort of um, new package of information is what you've gone forward with now branching out of food service and hospitality into other service industries, or are they two separate entities, ESL Works and COVID, Stop COVID? No, they're they're the same company. <laughs> so we, we uh, yeah, so our... Um, our core offering is the same. What we do has not changed. It, um, like I said, it's we've really just accelerated our offering. Um, we had many customers who doubled down. Um, they knew that engaging employees and ensuring that they're maintaining employee and customer trust, especially at this moment, was really critical. So I think one thing that we've learned over the past few weeks, and it's it's really incredible to think that it's only been six weeks, is that after several conversations with customers across the supply chain, we learned that 100% are seeing COVID as a forever problem. And so it's clear that, you know, and, and, you know, I think what's happening on the consumer side is a little different, but 
it's clear that there's a long-term need for this kind of training. So we plan to keep offering it as well as our other modules. Um, it's just so important, especially now as we need to continue to, to keep this information up to date um, to um, ensure that it's seen as an ongoing um, process. This is about repeated intervals. It's about digging into behavior change, right? So it's not only about what are the basics of COVID. It's about, you know, why are you not wearing a mask? Um, why is reporting an illness important? What prevents you from wearing gloves? It's this training that we've developed is extending far beyond the basics because we know that this is going to be critical in order to revive and maintain a robust economy. So many, uh, so many different things and ideas uh, to unpack in, in that very brief synopsis. And I mean, I'll just start off by saying it's, it's interesting that businesses see this as a forever problem, which I yeah. think is probably prudent and even forever in the sense that there are modes of behavior, social, consumer, um, that are being changed and established now that will go on, you know, yeah. certainly into the future, just in terms of how we function and circulate in the world today with each other, with businesses at work on the street. Um, it, it, you know, people who, you know, p kids, you know, who are home now learning, you know, kindergartners, first graders, second graders, a lot of this behavior will just become second nature to them. And yeah. this will be the world that they live in. And it will be far less stressful for them than people who are experiencing the change, which, which is an interesting idea as well. But ultimately, human nature, you know, we don't like the unknown. We fear the unknown. It makes us uncomfortable if we don't like it. Um, you know, what do we do? And on a very fundamental way, that's how we're wired. And so from the, even from the employee side and from just the, the personal side, forget about business. I'm sure people feel better if they understand what's happening. And if you're in a place where you don't understand the language and what's happening, then how much more terrifying is that? And, you know, how much more difficult does it make just to return to some kind of normalcy? So it's, it's, um, it's great that you were able to identify that so early on and pivoted and had the help and then now are expanding beyond um, restaurant and hospitality and then taking the extra step to sort of offer, um, you know, offer these eight drills out to the public at large. I know that you were intending to expand beyond hospitality and mm -hmm. restaurants into other service industries. So you're still on track with that. Yeah. <laughs> but as we, a business, <laughs> still on track, still following that game plan, still on point, maybe an accelerated timeline, but that was already in the works. As a business owner, um, you know, and a founder and, you know, someone who had a vision for a company, you know, when, when you know, we talked last year in November, it's, you know, what do you see on the horizon? What are you planning for? What's your, what's your game plan for the next year, the next five years, that kind of thing? How far in advance are you looking? How far down the road are you looking now in terms of the next hurdle or the next goal set or the next thing you're looking to achieve? Are you working with a much, much shorter runway just because so much is unknown? Are you 
Is it possible to try and plan for a business beyond six weeks or six months? Sure. I mean, I think, look, I, I know as much about COVID as the next person. That's why we continue to source from like the, the experts. Um, but that doesn't change what the core problem that we're solving is, which is this black hole between um, owners and frontline employees. There's just such, and, and the lack of access that um, technology, that folks have to technology in order to help build that bridge. Um, you know, the the, the future of work is distributed. And I don't mean remote work from home. I mean that I think the next phase of what work looks like is a critical need for cross-training, right? Just think about how when one person in you know, the produce department is exposed to the virus, that entire department might shut down. So you need to pull in your clerks to be able to stock apples. And so what that means for training and the vision we have is just to continue to lean into um, what what we're doing and make sure that we're we're able to continue to serve businesses up and down the supply chain um, as they change shape and as they um, grow. So it's about being a steady um, resource for people that continues to, you know, solve this really critical problem. And it's like we were talking about earlier, um, there's no more important time than right now to um, to build employee trust, to build customer trust, and um, to showcase safe workplace practices. Um, well, and, and I'll take that one step further and say yeah. to trust your neighbor and the person you see on yeah. the street and the yeah. people in your community. And we talk so much on Tech Bytes for the past five years about connectivity and how we live in a connected world and the 24-7 world. And we have Zoom and we have text messaging and, and all those kinds of things which keep us connected. But COVID-19 is a pandemic of actual physical contact and physical connectivity. And, you know, we're talking about preventing the spread of it. We're talking about people's safety from a business point of view, which is extremely critical for, you know, the longevity of, of the world collectively. But at its at its base, this is this is a this is a connectivity issue. This is person to person. And every time we read the articles about the hotbed or the hotspot or the super spreader incident, you know, not only do businesses want their employees to be safe and want their customers to be safe, but those employees and those customers, those are your neighbors. That's the person who lives in the building with you that you walk by on the street. That's, you know, you're shopping next to. So there is a you know, greater, larger impact outside of, you know, these individual businesses, which I think we do understand on some level, but I don't think we understand collectively, you know, really, truly how intrinsic and deep and critical that physical connectivity has become. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think to speak to, um, what this means, you were asking about vision here and, and what the long term looks like. 
you know, we've always had our sights set high and this particular moment has demonstrated our capacity to, to be able to serve many more people quickly. Um, I think what I am really excited about is the opportunity for us to um, continue to lean into the workforce that our, our entire like business thesis rests on, which is that this essential workforce is critical. It's the muscles and bones of uh, our economy. And so um, it's just, there's no more important a moment than right now that reminds us all about um, how essential these folks are. Um, and so we're, you know, it's, we're taking, we've always taken training seriously. And now this is the moment to um, just continue to do what we do really, really well. Well, tell us what it is you are looking for right now in terms of going to the next step and the next stage in business. You know, on Tech Bytes, we talk to so many entrepreneurs and startups and part of the um, startup life and the entrepreneur community is is to have you know mentors and help and partnerships and introductions and things like that and you know it's a very common question um, that I ask almost all of the entrepreneurs who come on the show what are the things that you're looking for that you need to take your business to the next step and the next stage and you know in episodes past I mean somebody's livelihood and somebody's business is is always important. Um, it feels today, if I ask you that question, that it has a little bit more uh, salient and, and critical patina to it than it did maybe back in November. Um, but you talked about, um, you know, increasing the size of your of your programming staff to, you know, meet the needs and and, you know, having some good advice from some different advisors you obviously need to continue to scale at a very, very rapid pace to be able to continue to reach more and more people um, and continue to keep the information, you know, updated in real time and, you know, all those kinds of things, plus spreading the word. What, what would you say are some of the key things that you're looking for right now, just in case someone's listening or, you know, somebody gets a, a bright idea? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's, it's, I think it's three things where it's all about, it's all centered on resourcing, right? To your point, we're growing quickly. And if we don't have the right people by our side, um, then we won't be able to do it elegantly. Um, so, you know, resourcing comes in the form of financing team. Uh, we're hiring more engineers. Um, so please talk to me, <laughs> talk to my co-founder. Um, and we're, I just obsessed with talking with potential partners right now, folks who are, are subject matter experts, um, folks in different segments of the industry. You know, the word supply chain is so broad. And I think as we continue to grow, we're um, looking to learn more about um, all of those segments from manufacturing to distribution to consumption. Um, and so that we can continue to, to help serve, you know, any business that, that needs support with training. And really people. Yeah. Because the safer the people are working in companies and businesses, grocery store, restaurant, you know, manufacturing, you know, eventually hotels, 
um, all those types of things, the safer those people are, the safer we'll be when we're out back, you know, in the world, going to those restaurants and grocery stores and hotels and, and things like that. It's, again, it's, it's amazing how um, we have gone, you know, to both ends of the extreme spectrum of connectivity, you know, so reliant mm -hmm. on our technology, you know, as we are today to talk to each other, to put this podcast together, to push it out into the world and the actual just human to human physical contact of the virus. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, and certainly unprecedented in our lifetime. I mean, I know they talk about the Spanish flu and, and things like that, which were devastating in a, in a physical sense. But of course, you know, being the time that they were technologically speaking, they weren't connected in a, the way that we are now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, hopefully that, that propagates a, a different outcome, maybe, or a better outcome. Yeah, I mean, um, it's right. the, most, the biggest, best outcome you can have with any kind of really great training experience is that you go back to your colleague or to your manager, or you go home to your kids and you say, hey, did you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you share exactly. a new piece of information. Like, it, it starts with, with um, you know, a really good base of, of knowledge. Well, Rachel, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day uh, to spend with us because I know you are a uh, very, very busy lady right now. Um, again, Thanks for listeners, if you're interested, eslworks.com and stopcovid.co are the two websites to visit. If you are a business or a person um, looking for information, they, are, they do have eight drills that are on offer for free at stopcovid.co, general public safety. Um, which is great. If you are somebody um, who's an entrepreneur, who's in a business space, who's in the tech space, and you have thoughts about finance team and partnerships, um, reach out. You can find ESL Works on social media at ESL Works. Um, you can find Rachel at rachel.nemeth um, on social media. If you have an idea for a show or you have some thoughts about this one or you would like to be connected to any one of the you know amazing industry people that we've been talking with over the past seven weeks, reach out to us. You can find us online on social media at TechBytesHRN. You can email us techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. Um, we are still making radio. As we said, this is all this is a time of very intense connectivity, and it's never been more important to um, be informed about what people are doing so we can go and get help and find relief um, so we can offer it if we have it to share so we can take it if we need it um, and also just to hear stories you know there's a lot of terrible stories out there but there's a lot of great ones also and this is one of them and telling those stories is something that Heritage Radio Network is committed to for the foreseeable future. So thank you for listening. Come back and see us again. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bytes. Tech Bytes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter, just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.